You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Raj. Hello and welcome to the Comic Book Informer Podcast, issue number 30. This is Roger in the big boy chair with Vince joining me from the crib. How goes it, little man? Little man. Little man. Would you prefer you're like a giant up there in freaking Canada. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm little. We're all giants over here. All right. So actually, before we, well, we may as well just skip over the chit chat because you were just telling me that there was some news with the, um, the, the DC relaunch titles. They announced some more of them. I was at a conference all day, so I wasn't able to keep up with the news. But you were saying there was actually quite a few that were just announced. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, we're going to start off with uh, Green Lantern. Uh, people were a little concerned over that relaunch, but we're actually going to have four Lantern-related titles coming up uh, starting in September. Uh, Green Lantern number one, still by Johns, of course, and uh, still following Hal Jordan, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Green Lantern Core is going to stick uh, with the uh, secondary lanterns of Guy Gardner and John Stewart and still doing their thing there. We have Green Lantern, the new Guardians, which is pretty cool. It shows like the, the different spectrums coming together to protect the universe. And Kyle Rayner is actually leading that one. That should be pretty interesting, even though I hate Kyle Rayner. And then no more than I hate Gear Guy Gardner. <laughs> and then a whole new series featuring the Red Lanterns is going to be launching there. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Hopefully That's lots of kitties. Cool. Yeah. You know, they will. Just to appease <laughs> stupid people like you, they actually will do that. And then we finally got confirmation that, yes, both Batman and Detective Comics are starting up at issue number one again. So uh, so that 900-ish issue run of Detective Comics is going to be broken. Wow. Uh, there's a couple other Batman titles coming up, uh, Batman and Robin and Batman the Dark Knight. And they have said there is one Batman. He is Bruce Wayne and Damien is continuing in the role of Robin. Wow. Okay, so, so that means that we've got See, uh, this goes right back to what we were saying before where, you know, it's it's all well and good to leak out some information about what's going to be happening, but w- like we were saying, don't leak out so much that we don't care about certain things because we know the outcome already. So, if we already know that it's going to be Bruce, then that means already that we know that what's going on right now with his father in Flashpoint as it stands now is going to be changing. And to me that that really takes away from the surprise of actually experiencing it as it happens. Can't argue there. Uh, So if Bruce is the only Batman, that means Dick Grayson is back as Nightwing in his comic. And then in a big stunner, the new Batgirl comic finally gets Barbara Gordon out of that wheelchair. She's back in costume. I'm betting they've been dying to do that for a long time. (laughs) I was actually reading an interesting article about how for the last couple months, DC has done everything in their power to destroy everything Grant Morrison has ever written. (laughs) Between Swamp Thing and this. See, that's the thing, too. Like, the, I'm, I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do with that now, because they spent so much effort on setting up the Swamp Thing stuff. And now it's like, I keep thinking about the cartoon again from the gutters, where Superman is pissing all over the planet saying, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, everything is going to be changing anyway. So all the work <laughs> yeah. that they did setting up the Swamp Thing with the brightest day, who cares? What's it going to mean later on? 
Yeah, and then uh, we have a new Justice League, the Justice League Dark, uh, supernatural sort of thing, starring Constantine, Dead Man, and as we saw in the uh, Secret Seven, Shade the Changing Man is going to be in that one. Huh. Well, that's kind of Constantine, I'm down with that. Yeah, no kidding. And we also got today uh, Teen Titans. Uh, it's Tim Drake as Red Robin, along with uh, uh-huh. what they're saying is a super-powered Amazonian thief and somebody calling himself Kid Flash. Now it's Wonder Girl and Kid Flash, but obviously fairly changed from their current counterparts. Yeah. Buff, and then uh, again, could be a, cool. A very 90s looking Superboy. How the heck do you give Superboy <laughs> a tattoo? Really? He has a tattoo in the picture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. How does that happen? <laughs> That's some pretty strong needle. That's a Kryptonian <laughs> needle, needle that they used. And then continuing on the 90s trend, um, Hawk and Dove are continuing in their own ongoing series. Ah, you know what? I really don't care about them. It gets worse. Okay. Oh, thank you. Rob Liefeld is doing the art. Okay, what has he done lately? Nothing good. <laughs> Just Google Rob Liefeld and you'll laugh for a couple okay. hours. You know what? I'm trying. I'm really trying now. As I'm reading comic books, I'm, I'm taking the time to look at who did the artwork and who did the, um, the, the, the writing so that I can remember more. Because, again, you got to keep in mind, I'm reading so much right now to get caught up with years of not reading. And it's like, oh, crap. Like, I, I, I don't remember everybody. See, you, you missed the 90s. So you didn't get yeah. X-Force and Youngbloods and all the atrocities of Liefeld's art. Yeah. No, I wasn't at the time. All right, uh, so that's what I got there for the uh, upcoming new DC titles. Still, I believe, 12 slots open in the uh, upcoming lineup. Okay, back up, though, now, and as it pertains to the Green Lanterns, did they say whether or not, again, more concretely, whether or not they're going to be sticking with the actual continuity as it is now, as they've established with Brightest Day? Well, I think it's going to be kind of... uh and in between, because as we saw in the Abin Sur thing, uh, they're, they're carrying some of the themes from the current uh, DC universe into the Flashpoint universe. So I think it's going to be some weird combination of the two. Yeah. Well, I, again, I think that at this point, I think they've invested too much in that that um, that franchise, the whole Green Lantern franchise, to be dicking around with it after they spent so much effort on the brightest day. I, mm-hmm. I mean, let alone the war of light and the darkest night. And now this, I think that they've invested far too much to be messing it all up. I think that that's probably one of the ones where they drew the line and said, OK, this we have to stay close to the source. Yeah. So uh, but there are some other changes there that, that are pretty interesting. Like I said, uh, Kyle Rayner leading the Guardians of the Universe. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, when they were setting him up in the uh, the War of Light, too, like he had an insane amount of power and they brought him back for brightest day as well. So it would stand to reason that they can make that leap of faith again so that he is exceptionally powerful. I just hate Kyle Rayner. Stupid crab mask. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you about that. That's just for damn sure. But I mean, I still prefer him over Guy Gardner. I, I mean, I, I remember the Justice League where Batman punched him out with one punch. <laughs> I was collecting comic books at that time. I had that issue. And I mean, 
there's a lot of issues that I look back of, like, you know, the first Wolverine and the, the really old uh, X-Men comics and things like that that I used to collect. And there's some of them I look back and say, man, I wish I hadn't sold those. That's one of them. That one where that <laughs> one punch and it was just literally a couple of panels and it was like, oh, I wish I hadn't sold that one. <laughs> I just I didn't like the character now and I don't like or then and I don't like him now, even with what they did with him in the brightest day. I mean, they really changed him up to make him. Well, like Booster Gold, more of a character that you, you don't despise. But even then, it was like, no, you know what? I still I still don't dig the character. Anyways, we're going to get away from that, though, because we're really not here to discuss that. We are here to discuss, though, the at length, as much as we can, what's going on right now with Flashpoint. Because, again, that's going to be the catalyst for what's going to be happening with the relaunch. So it started off in... Um, the Flash series, the new Flash series, and it from there jumped over to Flashpoint. And then from there, we have all the subsequent tie-ins that are going on. And again, this is one of those series where, with the exception so far of one, I've loved every single tie-in. I've been seriously digging it. And I loved the flash as well the the issues of the flash were fantastic i really dug the stories loved the characters love where they were going with it um and so then when they jumped to flashpoint i already expressed how much i loved the first flashpoint well now having read flashpoint 2 as well as again the tie-ins i the, this is one of those series where had they done it just as a regular story arc like they're going to be doing with Marvel with, you know, um, Spider Island and whatnot, I would be seeing it as so much more. Like, I mean, without even the relaunch, I'd be going like, God, I am. This is a lot to do. The impact of it and the power of the story is huge as a story arc for the franchise. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, Reverse Flash has been one of those characters that's always been kind of like they've told some cool stories with him, but like just the concept of the character. I mean, he's he's a living retcon. <laughs> Did you read the issue of Flash that was all about um, the reverse Flash and how he kept changing his own life by traveling back in time? No, I didn't. I There's ah. there's like three or four in the Flash that I haven't read because I read all the ones for the brightest day. And then I didn't read a couple. I haven't. I just haven't had the time to read them. But then when I was prepping for this, I read issues 10, 11 and 12 to prep for yeah, it so i know i think I it was issue it. nine or something probably yeah yeah and that was pretty cool like just like oh he he didn't like his little brother so he went back in time so that his little brother was never born like crazy stuff like that and then setting up for obviously what we see here with the flashpoint with him just wreaking absolute havoc with the time stream it's 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 nuts i mean i i wasn't expecting to enjoy this as much as i have like i was expecting it to be good I wasn't expecting it to be this good. See, I, I've always liked the character, and I've liked what they've done with him, but I always had that feeling again of, you could do so much more with it, but I never imagined something of this scope. I mean, who could? In all honesty, I I, I, I couldn't. And so, when I was reading the, the Flash issues, again, that number, and obviously, make sure to read 10 people, or sorry, 9, I, I will be, but issues 10, 11, and 12, where he is um, trying to figure out what's going, and he's dealing with his alter ego from one of the parallel Earths as well, and how he has to use mechanical means of tapping into the speed force and whatnot, which I thought, again, a nice little twist on 
an alternate you kind of thing and how they deal with that. And the whole CSI thing of investigating the murders <laughs> and whatnot. I love that. I just think it's too damn cool. But then they also toss in the, you know, the, the past romance thing and, but they didn't do it in a corny way. It's just, he is human. Here's another aspect of that. I thought they went a little too far with the whole intervention thing that they did. That was a little stupid. Um, what? <laughs> I, again, I think I think that kind of ties into one of the issues you didn't read. Okay, yeah, I, I'll have to read it because really I thought it was ridiculous in and of itself. It, it, it was it was goofy, but it at least made sense for okay. the story. I'm gonna have to, like I said, I'll backtrack and read the ones that I have. I just got to get to them. But yeah, and and I like the interactions between him and the the other the the kid Flash that's there. So those were very very good issues. But then that leap with what happens in Flashpoint one is again it's it's like taking a fun normal story arc that hey this is cool it's got a lot of potential to have an impact on the canon and whatnot and then reading you know reading issue one of Flashpoint and going like oh yeah that's what was kind of good and it's gonna be oh my god what the hell's going on <laughs> <laughs> it just blows up in your face but again. So so well handled in terms of his reaction when he sees his mother and finding out what happened to his father and then tracking down Batman. Now, we did talk about that when uh, we were talking about what's going on with the relaunch, but it was interesting to see the further dynamics with issue number two when then he's having to deal with Batman even more to try to figure out how he's going to be getting his powers back or try to get his powers back and things like that. That was I, awesome. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just, yeah, it was, it was well-written. It was cool. I like the interactions with the new Batman. See, and that, it kind of disappoints me now knowing that it's not going to be him who remains, but that it will be Bruce. Yeah, through that whole first issue of Flashpoint when you're uh, reading it and you're like, man, they really changed Batman. What the heck happened to Bruce to make him so you know, edgy and like more violent? Than, and, oh, that's what happened. It's just great story crafting. I, I love it how it, after you read the issue, you look back on it and it's it's just one of those stories that you go, man. That was really good. Like twist endings are not uncommon in the comics, but these are really good twist endings. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm actually, I got my copy right here of the number two. I actually buy, bought a variant cover. Of course they, they had the variant cover that that was just the sketch that didn't have the art. It kills me though, that it's more expensive to buy the one that doesn't have all of the color, <laughs> <laughs> but it does have a, a firmer cover. But anyways, yeah, no, the, the, I loved all the interaction again with the new Batman, because at this point here in issue two, He's 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 calmed down. He's not taking swings anymore. <laughs> he, he's done trying well, as many. At, at, well, at the beginning he is, but he finally put it that way. He finally calms down, and so and it's cool because the memories are starting to. It's like the time stream is catching up with Barry Allen, so yeah. he's actually remembering things not as they used to be, but as they are in this time stream, which I I thought was kind of cool as well. And then seeing that. The reverse flash is messing with his head by putting that costume, his costume, in the ring. But no, I like the interactions with the 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 father, and I and I I love that. And you saw it coming, but it's still as a father myself, I can I can appreciate it. Where when when he's talking to him and he finds out that in his world Bruce survived and he's the one that actually died, and then all of a sudden asking him, okay, what can I do to help you so that we can do get back to that? Willing to sacrifice his life so that his son can be the one who actually survived. So it was a touching little moment there that again, as a parent, I can I can certainly appreciate. 
Yeah. And then, like you said, when we were talking about the new Batman series, okay, we know Bruce is Batman again. So it's going to be very interesting to see just the lengths that Thomas is going to go to to make sure that happens. So and and now that we know what we know, which we didn't at the time we read issue two, it it does put the story in a whole new light. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. I'm not going to lie, though. Seriously, I am disappointed. I'm, I'm very, very disappointed to know that that's what's happening, because, again, I'm quite certain that I mean, we we kind of knew like, yeah, they're going to take some chances with some characters, but within reason and really to have a Batman that's not Bruce, that's a hell of a chance to take. I was really hoping they'd take it, but I'm not surprised that they're not. I, they, they've had enough uh, feedback over the year of over the last couple of years with Dick being Batman instead of Bruce. So maybe they're going off of that. Yeah. The issue of Batman, which was Night of Vengeance. (laughs) Okay, I'll let you talk about it for a minute. That was just so cool. I mean, (laughs) seeing that, you know, Batman has has essentially turned, you know, the police force into his own private army, just shutting down crime everywhere within Gotham. (laughs) And how, you know, Commissioner Gordon, is he still called Commissioner Gordon? Whatever, Gordon Gordon. follows him down into the Batcave and watches him change into Batman. It's like, this is so radically different from what we've seen, but in such a good and interesting way with that cool art that really fits with the theme too. I'm actually, I'm going to pop open my copy here that I have because I can't remember exactly what he tells him. I can't remember if it's go to hell when he sees Gordon the first time when they're getting in the car and Gordon (laughs) says something and he tells him to go to hell. And I went, oh, I want this Batman to stay. I love this guy. This is just fantastic. But again, this is a Batman that is really take. Yeah, go to hell. This is a Batman that is. He's everything we wish Bruce would be in the back of our minds. This is it. This is the dude we want him to be just to unleash hell on everybody. I love that he runs a casino kind of thing so that (laughs) he can bring crime to him. Make it easy. Why go out looking for crime when you can just bring that shit to you? And that's what he's doing. And I love that. So, yeah, everything about this issue was win. The fact that he's working with the Penguin as, as well. And that the whole thing with the psychiatrist just, was yep. just great. And, I mean, he just completely punked out Killer Croc. I mean, that that shows how hardcore this Batman is. Yeah, and, and in pieces as well. One of the panels shows him in pieces as well. Not, not just the first strike, but you look and the panel after that, there's like pieces taken out and you're like, yeah, I like him. <laughs> we need to keep this guy around in some capacity. And how and how the, 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 the people he rescues are probably even more afraid of him than they were of yeah. Croc. <laughs> but yeah, all around fantastic issue, folks. If you are even considering one of the tie-ins for um, for Flashpoint, make sure to check it out. It's uh, issue one of three. And it's only two ninety nine. So this is uh is I, I say only, I know I've bitched about titles, but at least it's not three ninety nine uh, prices, I should say. So moving away from that one now, we also have the Abin Sir one. Which dude? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was I that was that was so great. Loved it. It was fantastic. It was, it was everything I was hoping it to be too. There were those mm-hmm. those moments of that 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 you can hear me flipping through my comics. I probably should have gotten them ready before because <laughs> I don't have the digital copies up. I've got all the actual copies I picked up. But no, the uh, the whole bit with the. The beginning with the not squashing the bug and actually having respect for all life and being taught that the artwork in it is just 
jaw-droppingly beautiful. And using colors that you may not normally appreciate, you know, the, the high pinks and, and, and purples and whatnot, but just unbelievably gorgeous and it fits the theme of again respecting life all life matters and that's something mm-hmm. that drives him throughout i really just absolutely love this i loved the tie-ins that we know already his ties with sinestro and then his sister and things like that i love that they kept that in there so that you know people who knew that already will be able to appreciate that reading this this issue and but then the the, the changes as well so and like doing, the black lanterns rampaging across the universe i thought that was enough to get my interest oh yes <laughs> i was like okay it's a little different it's a little wow <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there was there was enough of the same case in point him heading for earth and 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 whatnot and if i don't make it find a, a replacement which i'm hoping the replacement doesn't arrive that fast i really hope that he's gonna stick around longer because man this is their opportunity to actually keep this character alive and i'm quite certain he'd succeed in a series of his own if they could do it I mean, it's so interesting i mean abin sur is a character that is incredibly influential to the entire dc universe but he hasn't ever really been was, involved with anything. He was like, never you know, around that much. Yeah, and we, we saw a bit of it in, uh, what was it, uh, the Green Lantern Secret Origin, I think it was, where it's just, it, it kind of delved into a little bit of his workings before you came to Earth. But, I mean, that's it. So it's so great to see this character that is such a huge fixture for the lore. Haha, <laughs> for the lore. <laughs> <laughs> Actually get Inside some time baseball, to, there, to, to expand <laughs> as a character. Yeah, no, I agree. And and this is what I'm saying, too. I, it's been so many years since he was first introduced. And now, since then, it's a cult favorite kind of thing where people just want so much more. Like, we barely know enough about him. They could have so much fun with the character. And having read this first issue, it's like, yeah, they can. They it, it, it wasn't all in our heads. They can do something cool with this character. So I'm just hoping to hell that they don't kill him off already just to make way for Jordan and that they actually keep him. Or at least give us, you know, some good, you know, miniseries or something detailing, you know, the, the, the adventures of Abin Sur before, you know, the whole Green Lantern thing with how Jordan happened. I would like to see that. And I hope that at least this series gives them enough motivation to go, hey, the fans are really into Abin Sur. Maybe we should do something more yeah. with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's any number of things that happen that can happen. The, the, the only thing that that frightens me is, of course, unless they find a way around it, which they can. But unless they find a way around it, he has to die for Hal Jordan to get the ring. So and we already know Hal Jordan is getting his own series. So that well, means maybe he joins the Guardians of the Universe. Uh, it can be like any that. They can things. keep him around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. That's what I mean. They, they can write around it to keep him in if they want to. But the easy out is, of course, to kill him so that the ring goes to Jordan. Now, how would you like to be that character? Your entire purpose is to die. Die. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> the ending of this issue was probably probably had my favorite panel of any panel in all of the Flashpoint stuff so far, which is saying a lot, which is saying a ton. It's the atrocious, atrocious, what is it? Atrocious, 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 whatever. Get a new name, dude. But straps up from Sinestro's ring, like on a cross, 
and Sinestro asking about the Flashpoint. It's just such a phenomenal piece of art. The whole thing, it, God damn, it looks just sick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> it spikes through his hands. I mean, they, they oh, weren't messing around. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving away from that one now, we also have Secret 7. Did you read that one? I tried to. <laughs> All I right, just I feel better. I just couldn't get into it. Okay, good. Because you know what? I have no clue who these people are. So apparently, I mean, this was before while I was I know not who reading. some of the people are, but I, I I don't know Shade. And obviously he's the central character here. So he's somebody that we're supposed to know, but I don't. I don't know them. I don't care about the story. I thought, no offense, but I thought the writing was bad. It was all over the place. And the art was like inducing seizures okay the art was just so unbelievably wild colors all over if you were to rotate the comic book in a circle and some in front of somebody who gets seizures you better get yourself a piece of wood to shove in their mouth because they're going down it was just i hated the art i really didn't like the story i'm not picking up the rest of them for that one i think at least style wise the art is fitting with you know the shade character but i might not like the art itself but I can understand what they were trying to do with it. Uh, I didn't like it. Now, that being said, another one that I had no clue. See, I'm shuffling through the comics again. Another one that I had no idea who it was, which you may, was in World of Flashpoint. But that one, I loved. I thought it was fantastic. It was a lot of characters that, like, I recognize. Not very many I knew. But okay. it, it was still interesting, especially now seeing some of the solicits um, coming up for a lot of the upcoming titles things start to fit. You see a lot of these characters involved here coming up in the relaunch. Right. Well, good, because I really like this character. I love the setup at the beginning with the, obviously with the magic kind of thing. And then the mother the, staying back with two of the kids and then the, the daughter and the, the husband taken off and being saved from everything that's happening in Europe, which was insane, which we, we, we knew had happened, but not seen it happen. So that was kind of, really quite cool i really like this issue quite a bit it's de it's definitely world building which is very important for uh, an event of this magnitude well the other thing too is again i'd like to know whether or not this character has been around in anything else and i just missed it so if anybody actually knows that let us know because i'd like to know whether or not this is an existing character or if it's brand new because if it is brand new and they're breathing life into something new that we can appreciate. Again, this is one of those things we talked about. Give us some heroes that we can care about that are well-written. And from what I've seen so far with just this, this is one of those characters. Yeah, I, say, I know Tracy is an existing character. I just can't pinpoint her in any one comic. I've seen, I know she's been around some of like the, the, the stuff going on. I just can't quite recall what exactly. Okay. Well, if anybody would know about girls going around, it would be you. All right, let's move on to one of your favorites right now, which is Booster Gold. So what did you think about, did you read 45 that just came out? No, I haven't had a chance to read 45 okay, yet. Because I read 45, 44 and 45. So it's all dealing with Doomsday and whatnot. But what did you think of 44? I, I really liked 44 because it takes, it, it shows that Barry Allen isn't alone in this universe, which is pretty cool. You know, he has somebody else like him which can set up booster gold uh, not just here in flashpoint but coming up in the relaunch so i really like this um it, it gives you a lot of the booster character that 
most people might not be familiar with. Like if you had read this without reading Generation Lost, would you have really recognized Booster? No, and and I agree. I liked it as well here because it was another centered character that and and really we've only got him and um Barry Allen who actually uh, what's that maybe well yeah yeah who actually <laughs> know what's going on well not know cuz he it took him a while to figure it out but at least can appreciate the 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 changes and whatnot and i liked i liked him trying to get out of it like maybe we're yeah. in a parallel or let's get the hell out of Dodge is what it boils down to. Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> there is no getting out. So I, I, I like the character too. I like that. They didn't, again, it's the character that you were saying that it's, it's, he's done trying to fake the, the image that he had before. And now it's just, let's just try to be the, the hero kind of thing. And I do have to say Doomsday is one of those characters that they like to pull out when they want to make something seem really impressive. But he fits here because when Doomsday first showed up, Booster Gold was the first person he beat down. So he fits in this story, unlike a lot of the other times we've seen him. And I like how they did the whole thing with he's being controlled by Captain Adam. So that was cool, too. I don't want to spoil too much of 45 if you haven't yeah, read. Yeah, I, I didn't know that, but okay. Oh, okay. Damn it. Okay, sorry. I, I just read those two, so I didn't uh, kind of confuse about what happens. <laughs> what. Spoiler alert, people. Spoilers. Um, but yeah, no, the um, Captain Adam is the one. Well, Nate. He's not Captain Adam. I'm See, I'm spoiling more. Anyways, it's controlling him. Moving on. So you're finding out a lot there. I'm going to be careful. I'm, I'm trying very hard right now. Uh, you're you're going to find out more about some of the reality there based on again the the changes put it that way as opposed to what we perceive them to be and what they are now in in the world of flashpoint so no i thought that was actually pretty cool pretty cool it's it kind of reverted to a little bit weaker writing towards the end i thought relying more on cliches which is not spoiling anything you may very well like it a lot but i thought it kind of reverted to a little bit too much cliche but that's not to say like next issue has the potential to just be insanely cool yeah this is definitely one tie-in that you really should keep your eye on because with booster bold being booster bold booster gold being the quote you know guardian of the time stream he's probably going to be pretty influential into bringing the whole flashpoint thing to a resolution before the relaunch yeah yeah, well, and the fact that they are setting him up so far as the only other person who knows that this is not right is really going going to have a big impact on his responsibilities, his role in all of this. And and in all of this is huge. This isn't just, a, again, a little thing. If, if he has a huge impact in terms of what is going to be transpire, transpiring with this story arc, then he he is having a huge impact on basically, again, the relaunch of every DC title. So that's that's giving that character a ton of power. And a chance for, you know, people who Redemption. don't care for him to really <laughs> to really grab on. You know, if you didn't catch Generation Lost, this might be your second chance to really like Booster Gold. Yeah. Also, this week we saw Emperor Aquaman. I haven't read that one yet, though, so it's like, eh, I don't know. Um, and then there's some other ones this week, too, that came out, was there not? Yes, there's uh, there was another four altogether. 
Yeah, well, they're waiting for me at the comic shop. <laughs> I'll be picking them up. So that right now is, in a nutshell, what's going on with Flashpoint. We're going to, obviously, we got no choice. We're going to keep <laughs> going on with what's going on in that story arc just because it's, again, it's leading up to... Th- what could potentially be the most important event in comics in decades right now with the entire relaunch of DC. Easily. Very impressive. So let's now move away from that and talk a little bit about some Marvel issues. And that would be right now Generation Hope. We talked about it a little bit before because I was saying how I'm kind of, I was digging where it was going in the X-Men series. And I and I like the characters that it, they'd introduce. And just like we said earlier too, we've talked so much about the needing to have new, well-written characters so that we can... Expect then some permanence when there is, say, a death of a character or whatever, because they've got a strong backbone of other characters that they can bring in kind of thing. Or, again, writers who are strong enough to bring in, you know, strong characters. That being said, I will make an exception if you bring back Kurt. Okay, (laughs) everybody else who died can stay dead, but just I'll make an exception if you can bring back Kurt. So we got Generation Hope. That just started not that long ago. They're on issue seven right now. And what we've been seeing is how that team that she's put together has been gelling together, how they've been working with the X-Men as quote unquote mentors and with Scott again, quote unquote, leading them when in fact (laughs) she is throwing a little teenage hissy fit that she wants to be in charge and it's her way or the highway. But Scott keeping an eye on them via first Rogue and then later Kitty. But we're seeing how the team is really slowly coming together kind of thing and how their abilities are working together and, and, and things like that. What have you been thinking about it so far? It's so weird because I remember way back when we talked about the first couple issues of the storyline back in Uncanny X-Men and the the uncanny part of the the, the five lights quote storyline. I hated it. (laughs) I was ready to write off these characters completely before the series even started. And it actually took a couple months before I even looked at it. I was like, okay, I'm hearing decent things about it. Let me check it out. And I've been hooked because, like you said, these are new. These are different characters. And some of them are pretty darn cool. I love Tion. He's yeah. he's probably one <laughs> of my favorite <laughs> new characters in ages. That's great. I mean, and just... The only know, people not... who wouldn't like him are cat people. If you're a dog person, <laughs> you'll love them. <laughs> and again, Marvel, Wolverine and Tion miniseries. Now that happen. I know what you're talking about, you're damn right. They have to. <laughs> Here, fish. No fight alpha. <laughs> You know what, though? It's true, because, again, I I wasn't sure what you were talking about before, but having read this now and seeing their interactions, which I'm hoping they do more of that with other cast members as well. Although I wasn't crazy about um, the very first issue where they had Scott and Wolverine. They weren't true to form, I thought, especially Wolverine, because Wolverine's got such a problem with her because he blames her for Kurt dying. So... To see him suddenly working with her at the beginning of the series, to me, just didn't fit. Later on, he essentially tells her, listen, I want no part of this. Be who you want to be, and that's going to be it, but I want no part of this. That fit. But the early stuff, I thought, didn't. But his interactions with Dion were just, 
It, it, it was. It's begging for a miniseries. It's just, and it would work so well. It would be so goddamn cool. Like they could do so much with this. It's limitless what they could do. They could do something that's absolutely hilarious or something that is actually serious. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing I like most here is we don't get, you know, the Lori issue and the ID issue. And well, okay, we probably have a Tion issue coming up. But in each issue, they're giving each character a little bit of development. So they're developing them as a cast instead of a group of individuals. And that's what I'm liking. This is probably one of the best, quote, teams Marvel has going for them right now instead of just a collection of individuals. I'd put them second to right now the Uncanny X-Force, which I thought yeah. I think is yeah. doing far better. But in terms of in terms of potential of where they can do, go with this, because of because of how individual the characters each are as well so unbelievably different from one another and then the interactions that they can then have together i think the potential is going to be insane they can do a lot i loved the bit in issue seven where they're all trying to communicate with the baby it just showed each character distilled down into three or four panels perfectly yep yeah no exactly and i was going to be bringing that up too that that i think that and they're doing a good job with the writing and while I'm looking and while I'm talking, you look up who's doing, been doing the writing there, but they're doing a good job. Kieran with, Gillen. They're perfect. Okay. So he here, is that a he or a she? It's a he, uh, same guy that's doing uncanny X-Men and journey into mystery. Dude. Okay. So, well, uh, I would have had more respect for him if he wasn't doing that, but okay. Anyways, you haven't read it. <laughs> I, all right. Anyway, but he's doing a good job again of setting up, the, the, the story so that they are making the most of the character interactions as well, because initially we're not getting quite as much, but that's because they're, they're, they're thrown right into the action, which is what I think you need to generate sales for those early titles. Do as much craziness as you can so that you can generate sales and then work on um, character progression, because they can't do that in early titles for new characters. Because people don't want to take the time to, you know, know the characters in depth right away. They want action right away, something to hold them and then bring in some character development. And so we got to a point with that story arc with the baby with the powers, which was just too cool. The, the, the concept <laughs> that all of this mayhem is being caused by a very powerful mutant that's not even born and how they're going to be handling it. And so then, like you're saying, too, when you get into those panels where each one is interacting with the baby, you are getting in those few panels so easily the core of what each of those characters are. So then from now on, we got that. That's that's our in our file of who is this character? Boom, that's them. That panel right there, that's who they are at, at their core. And that sets us up now so that the next story arc where we're looking at the custody, quote unquote, custody battle for Tion, where there's bound to be a lot of interpersonal um, uh, uh, issues that come up with them not wanting to lose a team member and things like that. Things are going to come up. We're better going to be able to appreciate that because now they can build on who those characters are and how they relate to each other. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you how happy I am that this has been such a pleasant surprise for me. Because again, if you had asked me seven months ago, 
I, I wouldn't have even looked at this comic. And I would have agreed with you because when we did talk about it, um, especially when they brought out the first character, I really did not like how it was written at all, at all, at all, at all. But they're doing a better job with it in their own series. And I think it's perhaps because he can, he has more of a canvas to play with now. It's not just, you know, part of one issue where you got to squeeze it in amongst everything else that's going on with the X-Men. No, you got your own time frame now. Lay it all out and take your time with it. And also, those uh, uncanny issues were actually a completely different writer. Gillen had no involvement until issue one of this series. Cool, cool. Okay, good to know. Okay, let's move away from that and ever so briefly touch on the postmortem for what's going on with Age of X. So we've been seeing some of the fallout from what occurred with the the um, the, the Age of X storyline. We're not going to touch on it too too much. Just that. For me, the, obviously, the, the way they're writing it, too, the biggest thing is the relationship with Rogue and going forward with potentially with freaking Magneto. I, I loved his little story about what he did to the Nazi. And he's like, tell Gambit if he ever breaks his heart, tell him that story. <laughs> but wasn't it? So, I, I, see, that's what I thought was fantastic. I was actually I was talking to my wife and son about that because we were talking about different things. I was talking about how you can have, again, such powerful moments in any medium. And I was recalling that issue and saying, like, just as an example, I just read a, a freaking comic book. And yet. They're talking about something that was horrific that actually happened. Well, some of it, with the exception, of course, of what he did, but a lot of it based on reality and whatnot. And in in any medium, you can create this power, this insane power in writing that you make someone feel something so so much at the core of who they are. And like whether it's a fear or, or, or hatred of something that happened. And that issue did it. I thought it was well done. And that wasn't even the whole post- you know, post Age of X crap. That was just a, a little story he told. Yeah. Um, just to touch briefly, liking Frenzy. And I love that they're finally bringing the Space X Men back. <laughs> All right. So, the. Uh, when's the next one of that due? That's not due today. Yeah, that's actually due. Yeah. So, 250 is going to be and coming it's out. A, uh, it's a supersized issue since it's 250. Yeah. I actually, I'm going to be reading that for sure because I've been digging it. I don't know whether or not this one actually is still touching on. Well, it'll have to. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. but you can't end 249 <laughs> with freaking Rogue planting a wet one on Magneto without that continuing. It's got to go somewhere. But I'm not crazy about what they're doing with Legion right now, though. No, I wasn't either. But if for them, again, if from a writing standpoint, it is opening up a crap load of doors basically that yeah. they can do whatever they want it's 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 different when you're looking at needing to follow certain continuity issues for uh what you're going to do with the series and whatnot but when you can open something like this that can as we've now seen with age of x basically lead to absolutely anything so they're keeping that door open so that they can go on whatever wild tangent they want yeah, that's it, it, it. Obviously, we've been loving Legacy, so I, I won't doubt it until they give me a reason to. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be talking about 250 soon, no doubt. So we're just going to touch ever so briefly as well on what we've been reading. I, I've been getting caught up on all of this. So, frankly, that's it. That's it. I, I read the uh, finally read the 
free comic day Spider-Man because I hadn't read awesome. that one yet. Which, yeah, it was really, really good. Leading again to Spider Island, which is something I'm quite certain we're going to be talking about as well. And you've been reading Last of the Innocent. Tell me about that. Yeah, uh, Criminal, Last of the Innocent. Uh, Ed Brubaker, the writer for Captain America. Uh, fantastic writing there. Uh, Multi-Eisner award-winning writer, and a lot of that is because of his work on his own private series, Criminal, where it's it's an old-school crime comic. No superpowers. It's a real-world comic about people doing bad things, but the writing is just so phenomenal. Uh, Last of the Innocent starts off a new storyline. Each volume of Criminal is self-contained. And it's just, this was so great about this character going back to his hometown uh, because his father is sick. And, you know, he, he's been off living the big life in the big city and just seeing how much he missed of his youth and his hometown. It's so phenomenally written. And it's something that just about everybody can relate to like he he gets into his room and his old comic books are still there so it's something that just really grabs a hold of you tells a great story and tells uh tells it with a lot of emotion so really recommend that is it is it a mini series or is it an ongoing series it well criminal itself is ongoing uh whenever brubaker has time to write it but eat like i said each storyline is his own self-contained mini series okay cool so okay. last of the innocent number one came out last week Okay. Actually, yeah, I'll have to check that out then. Okay, so let's then talk about what is coming out right now. And we'll touch first on Marvel and then go on to DC. So we've got New Avengers number three. And there's quite a bit. Okay, so like just <laughs> get yourself a drink. We got New Avengers 13. We got a bunch of trade paperbacks and hardcovers. We got Captain America, American Nightmare hardcover. We got Captain America... Um, by Dan Jurgens, but it doesn't say what it is. Anyways, that's trade paperback. That's volume one. We've got Captain America Fighting Avenger. And that is a trade paperback. We've got Captain America No Escape trade paperback. And then we work into our fear titles. We have Fear Itself Deadpool number one, which despite myself, I'm going to read. It's the guy that writes Dr. Pick Ninja. It can't be bad. <laughs> okay. Fear Itself Fearsome 4, number one of four. Uh, Fear Itself Spider-Man number two of three. And then we've got uh, Ghost Rider. <laughs> Point one initiative on a zero <sighs> issue, which we complained about with Alpha Flight, and there's no point complaining about again, but I'm curious whether this one will be better than the Alpha Flight. And your sigh lets me believe that you doubt it. Uh, I, I hope it's really good. I just hate the 0 0.1. Yep, I, and I'm not going to disagree. So we got some more Death of Spider-Man. So we're Woo! getting there, people. Ultimate Comics, Death of Spider-Man, or Ultimate Comics, Spider-Mans, I should say, 159. After this, it's going to be the foil wrapped number 160. So that's going to be next month. We got another, we've got Generation Hope. That's the trade paperback, Futures, a four-letter award. Uh, I'm assuming that's going to include the x-men titles as well right uh no I, no that, that one's not no. oh okay all right well stupid uh, we had uh new x-men by grant morrison trade paperback volume two We've got wolverine number 10 still digging that one actually and of course x-men legacy number 250 which can't wait to read uh, just to add in incredible hulks 630 dude i had to leave a bunch of stuff out 
So if anybody yeah, says just one incredible oh, no, no, Hulk I know. But if anybody complains and said you missed this, 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 and this, shut up, dude. You know how many good things are coming out this week? <laughs> There's a ton of good. Uh, in DC, I had to call the herd as well. So what I've got here, most important for me, we got Batman Arkham City number two, which I enjoyed the first one. It was a little cliche, but I know it's leading to the actual game, so I'm kind of expecting some of that. But I still really dug it, and I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Got Booster Goal number 45, Flashpoint tie-in, which I read it. It's good. It's worth picking up. It was it was actually quite good. We got Flashpoint Citizen Cold, one of three. Flashpoint's Deathstroke, The Curse of the Ravager, number three. Flashpoint Emperor Aquaman, number one. Uh, of three as well. Flashpoint Frankenstein Creatures of the Unknown. I don't know what the hell that is. It's a number one of three. We got a Green Lantern. Oh, and then for people who are interested in the Green Lantern movie, we got a couple of titles there. The prequel, Kilowog number one, and Tomar, Tomar, Tomari? Tomar, Tomari, I guess, eh? You think? I, I think it's Tomar Ray. Ray? But it's already yeah. Re. It's Re. I know. Ray? I've always pronounced it Tomar Ray. All right. Anyways, so that's what we got. Anything else for DC that you want to mention? Uh, scalped 49. I figured you would, actually. And Deathstroke is a pirate. Well, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> actually, that was one of my notes here, too, because it's in one of the screenshots that I've got playing in the stream as well. <laughs> That's one of the things my son was reading it today, because I said, you're going to want to read this. It's pretty good. So he had the comic he's reading. He says, Deathstroke is a pirate? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it cool? <laughs> and for other titles, we've got Echo number 30, which I started reading the series. I didn't get to where they are now. I have some opinions of it because that's one of the Eisner nominated series. I'm not quite certain it's deserving of an Eisner, but it was still decent and good at times. Um, new series, Samurai's Blood, one of six. Actually, I saw that. It caught my attention, obviously, and I decided to look into it. And I was kind of, I liked what I read. So I thought, you know what, I'll give it a shot, especially once I read about the creator. So I was kind of impressed. So I thought, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And Star Wars Old Republic number one of five, Lost Sons. Okay. You got nothing? Good enough. Uh, so yeah. Hey, again, that's enough, dude. We please. There's a ton of titles coming up. So yeah, it's, and it, it's not easy to do this list, is it? I already knew that. I actually <laughs> tend to put a lot more than you do as well. It's just there's there's so many good things, and it's like, well, I want to talk about this. I want to at least mention this, 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 and this. And it's like, ah, screw it cut back some of them anyway so that's going to wrap us up for this week make sure to join us next week for issue number 31 we've got no doubt some good things did you decide what uh, we're talking about next week um we might be doing fear itself oh really i as a counterpoint to the flashpoint issue it's it's important it's something we have to talk about all right fine so then next week make sure to join us for some poopy fear itself discussions and if you have any questions or comments you can reach us either at roger at comicbookinformer.com or vince at comicbookinformer and of course on twitter as well at cbinformer we've got our feed all set up as well in itunes so please check it out subscribe and leave us a review with that I'll let you go and we will talk to you guys next week making sure that that's why I called you and hung up because I was like oh crap I don't even have my freaking recording app up <laughs> uh, I am on the ball hey shut up you may want to talk so I can make sure there's squiggly lines <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my god I was cracking up listening to those outtakes <laughs>
<laughs> oh my, that was great. <laughs> Sounded like you were carrying on a perfectly normal conversation with yourself. Basically, yeah. Well, it's even worse when you hear it without any sound. <laughs> I paid for my stupidity once. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good to go. Excuse me. I just got a couple of belches. But I's done. I feel better. You say that now. I say that now, but just you wait until later. We are red and good to See, go. I, I have faith in you. No, you don't. Don't pretend like you do. I know you don't. My, my faith has been shaken. Shaken. <laughs> it's still there, but there's very, very little. <laughs> but if I lose hope in you, Roger, there is no hope left. You're just not as awesome as I thought you were. You can try to beat me. I can hear you typing quickly. Nah, you, you got me. <laughs> Dude, when I was talking to Joe about the E3 stuff, oh. and I was <laughs> I was making fun of him, <laughs> saying, so, so you're going to be able to talk about this on your podcast? Oh, that's right. It's only a raw podcast. <laughs> that, that hurts. And he was saying, like, I got no one to do this with. Nobody wants to bring me on their podcast. And I said, you know what? If you actually knew what you were talking about, you weren't such a bastard, and you didn't make the podcasters that work with you want to have to quit just to get away from you, maybe you could have a podcast. Oh. I swear, I think he was in tears at one point. <laughs> Ask around. I'm not nice for most things. I make it a point. You make me cry. <laughs> I haven't read today's yet. That's a little kind of sad. <laughs> hey, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Somer, why you got to do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's like shooting Carl in the face. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's just, yeah. Wow. Here's the rest of my heartstrings. You want to pull on those while you're at it? Just rip them out of my body while you're at it. Give me, give me two minutes. Two minutes? All right, you get two, two minutes. minutes. Two minutes. Well, then you better shut the hell up during the new releases. <laughs> See, that's how you put your co-host in their place. Boom, like that. I'm not saying I'll listen to you, but you can try. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, people! Spoilers!